Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Young Mama podcast with me, your host, Lelo Mashatile. And to those that are joining us for the very first time, I'd like to give you a special and warm welcome. I hope you're all well. And for some of my South African listeners, it's been freezing lately. I hope that you guys are keeping warm. Man, you know, before I get started, I just want to express my gratitude to all of you listeners for your feedback that has been heartwarming and encouraging. I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to facilitate conversations that actually matter with and about a societal group that are sometimes forgotten. Yes, young moms are sometimes forgotten. I feel your love from South Africa, Nigeria, Lesotho, Angola, Botswana, and even the United States. Thank you so much for your love and your feedback about the show. And so we've been doing this series titled The Dream is Still On. We've had some awesome ladies join us. Um, They've come to share their stories, their journeys, their hardship, their lessons, and even their successes. You know, I'm not every woman. And really, in inviting guests to share, it's just me saying that if you can't identify with my exact story, I will have a guest that you can at least relate to so that nobody is left out. And so I think we've learned a lot from each individual guest thus far. And I hear people say that they want to hear my story too. I promise you'll get that soon. But today... I have another special guest. She is a young mom to a phenomenal six-year-old boy. She is a woman in STEM. She is a young professional. And matter of fact, she was a member of the Center of Excellence as Built Lead when the first bot was launched on Azure Africa. She specializes in process automation, which is fondly known as robotics. Um, She's a computer science graduate. And most of all, she is a phenomenal young mom. I watch her interact with her son all the time. And man, she inspires me. Her name is Matabo Mahwana. Ladies, let's welcome Matabo. Woo! Woo! Thank you for the intro. Hello. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Hi, Matabo. Thank you so much for joining us today um, and for gracing us with your presence, really. I mean... Um, your bio is like super, super impressive. I love, I love, I love women in STEM and women that are breaking ground in STEM. But yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Lelo. Thank you for having me. It's a bit cold today, but I'm good. I'm happy. I know. Um, it's yeah. freezing. I hope you have a cup of coffee with you. Um, for sure. Yeah. And how was your son's birthday um, on Monday, was it? Yeah, it was on Monday. It was so nice. It was small. Um but I just like how everything just came together. We were turning it up in grandmother's house. That's beautiful. We were, it was like it was like a whole party for six year old. But it came out so nicely, you know? He was happy oh. and he felt very special. So we did the most important thing so I'm happy. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. I love birthdays. I'm I'm absolutely a birthday lover. But you know, Matabo, without further ado, tell us your young mama story. When, cause when I got pregnant, I was 24, um, turning 25, well, yeah, turning 25, and I was on my second job, so I finished varsity, um, and I was an account executive for the software developing company. So, um, so I think, I, according to me, it was early, but I mean, according to social standards and whatever, 25 was like, peak. it was actually a good, I was actually a good age to have kids. Mm. So anyway, so I had my child, um, uh, so we had my, me and my and my and my son's dad. 
he had already broken up and I found out that I was pregnant. Um, so then I told him and listen, I'm pregnant. And he's like, okay, no, that's great. Um, you know, this is mm-hmm. this is the baby, I'll be there and all of that. Um, so here you are, you're thinking everything's going to go well. The guys, yeah, um, that we were, we were planning on getting married. Um, so we had like goals. We had looking we need to manage our spending and make sure that the baby's proper and all of that. And down the line, this rule changed. You know, he decided that this is not for him. And here you are. You can't go anywhere because you're the pregnant one and you kind of have to make it work. Mm. You know? So, mm. um, so throughout the pregnancy, um, I was alone. And, and I remember just feeling like, you know, I, I can pay for all of these things. I just need someone to hold my hand. Mm. Because here you are, it's a huge pregnancy, getting bigger, your clothes don't fit, you don't feel okay. And, you just, you just, I just needed that emotional support, someone just to hold my hand, mm. you know, and make sure that, you know, it's going to be okay. Then, you know, then, then obviously we got over, I got over the, the, the whole pregnancy. Um, so, so obviously the guy had opened the business child and, you know, what's not going to get married and they will change. And then later on, I was like, no, but you know what? Um, how about you just get married? Because his reasoning was, um, when you're, when you're walking in the street, at least you'll have a ring on your finger. Yeah. So, so for me, it just felt like, you know, at least, you know, and I was like, no, you're not my You're going to marry me because you want to be with me, because mm. I'm your wife, not because Wazama is not a cover up, it's not, you're not trying to make things look good, I want you to be good, mm. you know? So then, um, I started to to, to the marriage proposal. Months went by, and now all of a sudden, the child, he's just nine, the child is he's just like, no, you're not going to pay maintenance, you're not going to do anything until there's a black baby. So now all of a sudden, he's changing his mind. And I just had to, you know, make sure that I was okay, make sure that um, the baby's fine, and kind of just take on the punches and make sure that, you know, we're going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so then eventually, I gave birth, right? And when I gave birth, so, there was a shame attached to me, obviously being pregnant and all of that. And it was just because I worked until the last. So my day of work was on Friday and on Sunday it was work. That's Whoa. how hectic it was. Because I'm thinking, already, um, I'm not married, I'm pregnant. And finances is not going to be an issue for someone else. It's not going to be an issue for something I did to me. Like, it's not like my mother went and said, oh, get pregnant. I just didn't mm. want to be their burden. And I was a contract developer, so there was no way, no pay. And, um, and after I gave birth, I think a month, when my son was a month, then I went back to work. So I had no wow. time There was no, yeah, there was no nesting. There was like no maternity leave. It was, it was that hectic. Um, and then also, you know, I have to deal with PDD. Is it PDD? Postnatal depression? Mm. Yeah, It's okay. Oh, you have your, you have this child. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do with this child? Like, because I mean, mm. I'm so used to handling, I'm so used to handling situations and complex stuff, and I, I fix things. And here you are, you can't fix it. You have to deal with it, and you have to love this child. And and then I'm like, my mother was in the UK, but when after giving after giving birth, I went to my grandmother's house. Um, so mm. my grandmother took care of me. She made sure everything was fine. My sister was also there. I mean, at some point, you would think that she was the mother. 
you know, because she just loved my son so much. Um, my dad also stepped up and he played the, the father. He played the father. He, he took mm-hmm. on the role. He took on the role upon himself. And, um, yeah, and then my mother came and she helped me um, for a month, just made sure that I settled in into the whole motherhood, mm-hmm. um, into the whole motherhood transition. Um, and my family has been awesome. Hey, my family has been really, really key. Um, so we, I, I was in Nigeria. Like, um, it's almost like it was two weeks ago, a week ago, mm-hmm. on the work, on on a work project, and um, and the plan was to be there for a month, but before, but because of COVID. Then we had to be there for three months, so it was it was extended. Mm. Um, so my so my family really stepped up. My sister, my older sister, was there taking care of my son. I've got a younger sister in the UK, so she literally just bore my son and speaks with him for an hour, helping him with homework. Mm. So it was really lovely. Like you know, in terms of like my my family support, it it was available. It was mm. at my disposal. Yeah. So that really really helped, and that helped also with me being able to go to work and do my best because yes. I know I've got that comfort that my son is in a comfortable position. He's mm. loved. It's mm. not just someone taking care of your child and that, and they getting paid for it. Mm. They they literally loving your child and they're comfortable and and mm. all of that. So that was really really lovely. So yeah. You know what I love about your story, which which I think the salient part for me is, you know, your your point about the support structure that you needed and that support structure allowing you to still be on your A game when you go back to work. Because I think that, you know, we all have different support structures, but we can all agree that the quality of our relationships matters if we're going to be young moms that still pursue our dreams. Um, But, you know, you mentioned something there about how there was still shame attached to you. So even though your family was supportive and, you know, they they stepped up. And I mean, I love the fact that your dad stepped up um, as well because that's not something we always hear about. So I appreciate that um, as a different narrative. But where did the shame come from? So I was raised, um, my mom and dad were married before they had kids, right? Mm. So mm. that was the narrative that we had. they friends. It was mom, dad, kids. So it wasn't even in theory. It we had a practical example that you know this is how a family set up. It was mom, dad, and kids. Mm. So the fact that I wasn't married, you know, you know what I mean. Mm. Here you, you you can do so many things, but you had to just do this one thing, right? Just get married and have a child, so that they have both mom and dad. So that was the shame, right? Mm. The shame of not doing things right and per book. And the fact that we had a real life example, we lived with one in the house. Mm. You know what I mean? That was, yeah, that was where the shame came in. Also, the second thing is, so you know when you have kids out of, or before getting married, right? Yeah. They have to pay damages. They have mm. to pay damages. So, you know, the term was used that um, I was damaged. Oh. And um, and you have to carry that name that, okay, so now all of a sudden you're damaged. Mm. So anyway, so here you are, you have to pay damages. So my situation was hectic because here you are um, damaged and the guy didn't pay in damages. Mm. So when are you beyond? You're beyond, you know? Mm. Also, you know, when you go to, to family gatherings and people are just talking and, you know, you have your cousins that are married with kids and you'll hear aunts and uncles saying, yeah, but at least this guy married you and didn't leave you with a child. Ooh. Or like, you know, at least you went to varsity and come back with a degree that's got eyes. You know what I mean? And mm. you literally sitting there and like, guys, I'm here. I can hear you. Guys. Mm. So you have to carry that. You have to carry, you know, those, those, you know, those, those, those titles and, and it's not nice at all. 
also with my situation so because the guy had already said no this is not his child when he when my son was born um then he decided no i'm gonna come back and step up and yeah, i think because of anger my parents were like no just just no just leave us alone because you mm. step up. so then he took me to court you know <laughs> so then um we went yeah he went we went to court and Lolo, here I am. I'm a 90% average student. I love school. I'm a library mm-hmm. girl. The library girl. Yeah. And here I am. I'm in the same building with prisoners because my womb was. Woo! <laughs> Listen. I'm in the same. Yeah. Listen. So that was hectic. That was just. It was hectic. And so it wasn't just the shame, the fact that you're carrying the title damages, but the family, you know, your child is going through, you, your child is going to court. You, you know what I mean? Now we, we, we going through court, um, trials and when does this all stop? You know what I mean? But then eventually I was like, you know what? If you want to come see your child come through, um, and that's where forgiveness comes in, mm-hmm. you know, that's where forgiveness comes in and just protecting your peace. Yes. Um, so it was a huge journey. It was it was a lot. It was I a lot. But Mentally, emotionally. Yeah. It's toxic. Oh, and also physically. Yeah, and also physically. I mean, I had to breastfeed my child with a broken heart. Ooh. So it doesn't stop just because now you're hurting. And also physically, you know, you're just giving birth, right? And here you are, you're breastfeeding. And you know, if you're first-time mom, then your nipples bleed and then you've got cracked nipples. And you have to make sure that this child is eating. While, you know, your, your potential has, or potential husband, or, you know, supposed to be husband is busy checking in with other girls. You have to make sure that the child is eating. You have to make sure that there's, there's nappies. Mm. So, it doesn't stop because you have a broken heart. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what I like about your story? I think, you know, in everybody's story, you start to realize that everybody's got something. So maybe the, the whole situation wasn't ideal, but everybody's got something that they can look at and say, this really helped me. You know, I think when I look at your story, I'm so grateful that you actually had a job that can, you know, God gave you a job that would allow you to be able to, to support yeah. your child, you know, and together with that, giving you the support system. And I think, I want to say to anybody else that's listening that maybe they don't have what you have, but it's important to assess each and every single one of our lives and say, what do I have that is making a difference in my world? So, you know, we all have different things, but it's important to look and recognize even the smallest things that we do have that make the journey easier for all of us. Because you can sit back and moan about, yeah, you can sit back and moan about, you know, I didn't have it as good as Matabo does, or I didn't have it as good as so-and-so does. And you almost are blind to what you need to be grateful for that is helping each yeah. and every one of us navigate this journey. Yeah, so I fully agree with you because um, so every day when you, when you take, when you go through a Thanksgiving session, right, mm-hmm. you don't move from a place of, oh, I'm damaged, or um, I, I have a child out of wedlock. You move from a place of, oh, but my child's fed, my child's going to school. You've never, you you won't hear that, you know, um, school transport didn't come fetch my child because I didn't pay or wasn't responsible. Mm-hmm. There's a point in which you can you can move from. So there's a point of victory to an even bigger victory. 
Yes. So when you give thanksgiving, you know, you're taking accountable of those things and that's your point of departure. Yes, yes, I yeah. love that. And I think, um, you know, going back to the whole thing about being damaged, because, you know, I think for the listeners that are listening from other parts of the world, they may not understand what that means. But, you know, for those, for the benefit of those that are listening, it's basically when when a person falls pregnant out of wedlock, it's like paying a dowry um, to say I'm paying back the parents that I actually damaged their daughter. But I think, you know, even speaking to you, Matabo, I realized just how bad of a narrative that is. You know, the fact that we call it damage. I'm like, whoa. So some of the shame actually comes from society's interpretation of the thing and not necessarily the thing. Because a baby's a blessing, no matter how, which way you look at it, right? The circumstances to which the baby is born into might not be ideal. But the baby is always the blessing. The baby is never the problem, you know. But society is good at giving certain narratives and certain stories to label a thing that all of a sudden produces the guilt, the shame, and, you know, the feeling of I'm a disappointment or I'm a failure comes from, from society's interpretation and not necessarily that this thing is a bad thing. So maybe the thing that we're wrestling is societal interpretations, you know? And exactly, that is what yeah. is becoming exactly. the prison for some young moms. It's, 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 we're trapped by how society has interpreted our situation. And, you know, exactly. I'm very, I'm very big on, I'm not responsible for how people see me or I'm not responsible for how people interpret a thing, but I am the steward of my own mind and the steward of my own soul. And so I'm the one that needs to say, I reject that narrative. It does not hold true for me. I am not damaged goods. Right. Sometimes we have to practice the self-talk thing for anybody that's battling with this whole I'm damaged thing. Because I can imagine it's a big deal, especially amongst us black um, young African women. You know, you're called damaged and they treat you like a damaged good. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, so even now, you know what I mean? Um, they'll ask you, oh, are you seeing anyone? Okay, but remember, um, the ball is going to go down, you know? So wow. it's not at peak because you're a child. <laughs> No, no, I'm serious. You, you, it, it, that's it. It's almost like, okay, but like easy on the Lobola because, you know, even though, you know, you're an executive at, at work, even though you have done such great achievements, the fact that you've had a child out of weight, like it kind of overrides that and depreciates your Lobola. For me, says automatically that people don't view a child as a blessing, um, especially if the child is coming out of a situation like this one. And for me, I'm like, let, excuse the baby, move the baby. The baby is never the problem. The problem might be how this came to be, depending on a person's belief or a person's stance. But you know, for goodness, can we stop stoning people? You know, can that's we just yeah, stop stoning people? Because you know, one of my biggest struggles have always been how we treat married parents versus single parents, hey, especially yeah. young single parents young single moms yeah. there's you know in 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 various strata in society or various circles in society there is a vast different in treatment you know that's like that's true that's very true because we treat a baby that comes from a marriage as more sacred or better or licensed to be on the earth yeah. and we treat the one yeah. that doesn't come from that kind of perfect setting and i say that in inverted commas as a mistake almost 
and and that for me is a problem Absolutely. because I'm like, what are you actually teaching this child? How are you affecting the actual child? Um, yeah, so we need to be careful yeah. how those narratives translate to how we treat the children and and the children in our lives because we love them and every child deserves to be loved whether they came from a married home or a single home or you know yeah. that's irrelevant. But you know, without deviating, Matabo, you know, I love the fact that we start speaking about family structures because this week on Sunday, the twenty first, is Father's Day, and yeah. you know. I think it's fitting that we're having this conversation about family structures and, you know, growing up in a home that has two parents and that being said is the perfect home. And now here you are, you are alone in this. And, you know, one of my biggest struggles was always having to attend a Father's Day meeting. It was daunting out of my mind because, you know, obviously there's no one that can go in for, like go in on my behalf. Um, that's when my dad is not available. And I had to actually yeah. be there with all these men. So when the child is presenting, when my son is presenting a gift, a Father's Day gift, I had to receive it. You know, sometimes mm. it came with my name on it. And it's, it, it's scarring, you know, it's intimidating. And, you know, I mean, have you ever had to attend a Father's Day celebration meeting? So... It hasn't been a Father's Day celebration. In fact, my story has a has a bit of twist has a bit of a twist with Father's Day, but I'll come to that. Okay. <laughs> so it's more of so it's more of at school, you know, when when your child is having I don't know, maybe your your child had a little squabble with a with a with another child, and here they bring in their dad, mm. and here you have to face this dad, and I'm like, and this I dad is all day. You know what I mean? Older yes, than you. He's old. <laughs> so here comes my defense would be, you know, the old corporate cheeky girl. So, you know, the <laughs> corporate girl in me has has taken has you know, has, has won a lot of battles because that's that's my strong point. Also I think for me it has been a bit easier, slightly easier because I'm I was tomboy growing up. So I, I mm. can relate to guys to a certain extent. Um I'm in IT so I'm all, I'm, all, I'm always around guys. Um that that could help. But also the, like playing with my son, you know, I could get him. I wasn't gentle. I wasn't all girly girl with him, you know. Mm-hmm. I went all in and we'd have fun. But as he's growing now, I mean, I remember he used to wrestle. And he punched me so much in the stomach. And it hurt, Lelo. <laughs> and I wanted to cry and I wanted to punch back. But you can't. Because that's how guys play, mm-hmm. you know. So you can only just be who you are. At that. And it comes to a certain point where, you know, that you kind of see that, you know, having both mom and dad, it's not a nice to have, you know, it has mm. to be there. And I'm just thankful for all the support structures where they trying to um, fill in where they can. Mm. Also with me, um, uh, I think when my son was four, yeah, he was four, I told him what happened. So mm. I didn't want him to hear the story from someone else. And I'm very open with him, like, you know, I'll check in, you know, like, I'll be like, okay, please, so listen, if you want to call your dad, let me know, you know what I mean? Mm. Let's just call him and I'll even go on Facebook and show him um, his dad's photos and be like, so this is how your dad looks like. Let me know when you want to call him. So I'm very mm. flexible. It's not like a, it's not like a don't touch. Um, Good. Type of, um, Good. Yeah. It's not like a, no, it's, it's not like a volatile, you know, little topic that if, if we just ask, then everything expl- explodes. I'm very relaxed about it. So that he also feels that he comes from a place of, but my parents were in a loving relationship. I yes. come from a place of love. Yeah. And at least they are polite enough to have talks about me. So it's not like because of him, these people are fighting, mm. you know? 
mm-hmm. just that mature side of you just comes in for his benefit. That's good. So that it comes from it, yeah. But it takes a lot of maturity. You know, it takes a lot of maturity. It does. It takes a lot of forgiveness. And you have to pick your battles because it, mm-hmm. it happens. And there's nothing that you can do to take it away. That's yeah. true. because and, and I appreciate the advice that you're giving because I think, you know, there may be people who are listening and they probably have never had that conversation and the end, you know, Father's Day has posed a challenge to some. It has been awkward in some instances because people are just like, you know, how do I even break down? You know, what do I say? Because I've never mm-hmm. spoken about the dad. So I think it's important, um, mm-hmm. like you're saying, to be mature and, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to, to be open, especially, and, you know, and I'm not saying this exclusively, especially when the child is a boy. That's you know, true. That's because, true. That's you know, true boys need that and they like that and they play rough you know so that's one of the things that i've observed about you that i like is your ability to play with your son so i'm like girly girl right he wants to build a thing you know he wants to build a tree house in the next week or so he wants to he's always making something and i constantly have to remind myself that listen put yourself aside attempt you know and but i must say this yeah i supplement with um, the men that are in my family. So my brothers yeah. come to the table, my dad comes to the table, my uncles. And, and, and I think for me, those are the, 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 the male figures in his life that make it a lot easier for me, you know, knowing the fact that I'm a girl. So to some degree, I let him understand, look, I'm a woman, eh? Like I, I can't, I can't deal like that. But, you know, I always make sure that there's someone who's at least male that can, that he can relate to and he can, play with yeah. in, in a boy that's very true because I can't keep yeah. up sometimes um, yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah sometimes I'm lot. just like no yeah. I'm not made for this <laughs> but Matabo yeah what was the one thing that for you you would not change about this entire situation or perhaps I should ask what is what is the greatest yeah. lesson you think you've learned so I was about to tell you the irony of Father's Day. Okay, so okay. despite the loneliness, right? Despite um Grace feeding with a broken heart, you know, all the you know, the broken promises, um, you've been taken to court. My son was born, was actually born on Father's Day. He wow. was born twenty fourteen on the fifteenth of June and it was Father's Day. Wow. So yeah. So the fact that all of this happened, you know what I mean? I mean, this was supposed to be the greatest gift ever. This was supposed to be, oh, it came at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can still see my son and love him, my, my son looks like his father, right? And the fact that I don't even see his father when I see him, mm-hmm. I see my son, that mm-hmm. is beyond me. You know, the fact that I love him for him, and it's not because he's attached to someone that hurt me, that's God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's God. So, um, so that was the biggest irony. I was like, okay, God, um, I'm not sure what you're doing, but, but I know you do, you're doing something good. Um, but, um, but, but the one thing, I mean, I could say is you must cry with direction, you know? Mm-hmm. So crying would, would say that at yes, you acknowledge that you are in pain, but nothing stops. We're not stopping. We're not going to stop going on. We're not going to stop growing and moving mm-hmm. and learning because we're in a place of hurt. Hurt, cry, but keep going. Keep going. Mm. So even when you have a broken heart and physically you're just given birth and everything and all in your body sore and your nipples are, are cracked mm. and bleeding, what is your point mm. of where do you want to go? You want to feed this child. Mm. So that is where you're going with your tears. 
So even though, you know, you have to go, you, you mm-hmm. go with the title of being damaged and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people are coming up with side remarks. Understand that I'm crying, but I'm going to be the first person launching that part of it on his ear. Come mm-hmm. on, somebody. Cry with direction. Yes. You have to cry with direction. Mm-hmm. Don't just cry and hope for the best. Be deliberate and be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I, I love what you're saying because, you know, I heard a preacher one time sharing a message. Dr. Darius Daniel says, there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. When a player is hurt, they can still play. But when a player is injured, they have to be replaced in the game. And when you speak about crying and still keep moving, for me, it says, yes, acknowledge the fact that you're hurt, but hurt people can still play, you know? And, and, and sometimes the, sometimes the healing is only a part of the journey. You know, you'll heal as you go, but, don't let the hurt be an excuse not to keep moving. Whether exactly. it's hurt through shame, yeah, whether it's hurt through disappointment from father that was supposed to be in the life that has decided that he doesn't want to be a part of the life. We have a responsibility to keep going um, because ultimately we're hurt, but we're not injured. And so we still can play in the game. All right. So we don't That's need it. to be substituted. And I think what you're saying ultimately is also that just keep the dream alive. You know, you may be hurting, but keep it alive. I think you're a living testament of that. I think you live it out Mm -hmm. so well. But just one last question for you. If you had to give your story a title, what would that title be? Um, It would be Cry With Direction. Definitely. Cry With Direction. Yes. I love it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's really keep it going. Don't stop. I couldn't have said it better. I love it. I really, really love it. Thank you so much for your time, Matabo. Like, you've shared so much insight. I think you've given some great advice and great nuggets, really, for people to reflect, especially even upon this Father's Day, because Father's Day isn't an easy time for young moms sometimes. I think the majority of young moms out there aren't married, you know. That's very true. And navigating this whole Father's Day rhetoric can be a challenge. So I'm grateful that you'd be on the show with me. Thank you so much for opening up your heart, for sharing so much um, with us. I mean, your story is nuanced, but it's powerful. Um, So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Lilo. All right. That's it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I, I really hope that you've learned something. I really hope that even as we reflect upon the Father's Day that's to come, that You'll take something from it that it will help you navigate this season and this time. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to review us. Give us a review, comment, like, share, and don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify or whatever channel you're listening to us from. Um, but from me, Lelo, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, it's bye-bye.